and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, Aussie footballer Josh Cavallo's coming out and what it means for men's sport. We chat with friend of the show, Brandon Smith, on his new signing with YKTR Sport. And it was Halloween over the weekend, so we rate our favourite athlete costumes. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Molly Silva. And as always, I'm joined by my one big winner of the Melbourne Cup betting today, co-host George Moore, and one not so winning, Keely Silva. Thank you. Which is not on brand for you at all. No, what did I say today, though? You never win on the Melbourne Cup. I never Cup. win on the Melbourne Cup. I will go to the races confident that I'm going to come home a little bit richer. Melbourne Cup, no chance. Oh, well, we've got a first-time punter and a very happy one at that with you, Georgia Moore. Start with you, then. You have also worn another hat. So <laughs> how I was your week? I the assignment. And Where I forgot. Damn it. How was your week? My week was actually very lovely. Bit of a vibe around Melbourne now that the regions are open, everything's getting a bit better, and probably our first like real good weather weekend in a long time. Nice. So I was actually down Mornington Peninsula, which was stunning, had a great week, and first and last time on the horse punt, winner. Jeez, there you go. W- I, I do have to shout out Cooper Johns for the tip, but you should I'm just, quitting while I'm ahead. Is yeah, the point. yeah. That's good. Yeah, fair D- enough. W's only, right? Yeah. Keely, so how was your week? Yeah, my week was good it was good um yeah i got really drunk over the weekend nice yep uh, i was really really in the hurt locker on sunday same uh, yeah and a little bit monday but it's tuesday and we are good and usually tuesday's the worst true yeah, yeah. so weird i for me it feels like we're recording on a sunday oh yeah because oh, you're in a long, long weekend, weekend. How, how many bloody long weekends does victoria have can i just ask we do have the most in the country yeah. so actually that's a lie canberra do and then us right canberra uh, doesn't really count but do you want to live um, in canberra no sorry canberra people <laughs> um very kind well the tuesday is a public holiday monday is not but very kindly our workplace gave it to us as a lockdown reward day oh, oh that's nice that that's so nice, nice. Marley, how was your week? Thank you. I thought you were going to Yeah, you were there. looking at me like, um, <laughs> My week was really good. Um, it feels like a bit of a blur mm. now. Uh, but, yeah, I had a big Saturday myself spontaneously um, with a couple of mates from school. I've got a good story from that night much oh. later in the show. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's get into our first segment. <laughs> Feedback feels with Kiehl's. Welcome back. Um, Thanks. Ladies, it's really good to see you here. Thanks for having us. <laughs> <laughs> Feedback this week. Um, I've got a, two little shout-outs to some OG listeners. Mm. Um, first of all, Gabrielle Crotty. Uh, she said she started watching Bad Spot, which I recommended, um, and she said it was really good, which is good because I still haven't watched it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so then that just gives me uh, more of motivation to actually watch an episode this week. It's good. Yeah. I get tired and I start watching something I fall asleep. Okay. okay. Sleep, leave me alone. And then Tegan Few, um, she sent us Pink Panther, which... If you didn't listen to the end of last week's episode, then you won't know and you're a little bit of a loser. If you did, you'll know that we just said, wow, does anyone actually get to the end of these? Hmm, let's try. And so then we said, the secret word is Pink Panther. You have to damn us. And she and did. And also, why Pink? Why did I? You said that. Yeah, that wasn't you us. did say that. I, <laughs> I think because the logo up here is pink and I was just looking at it and I thought about it. Yeah. But I've never even seen the movies. I don't think it's not like a... Yeah, right. It doesn't oh. mean anything. That movie had Beyonce in it. It was great. 
Okay. I didn't like it. Oh, I did. Yeah. Um, um, no, the old, like as in the old, the proper Pink Panther. <laughs> like the new one. Oh, one. no, I haven't seen the new one. Oh, um, she also said, so good to hear you guys hungover again. Thank you. It's also nice to be hungover again. Is it? Uh. <laughs> um, and then a nice shout out to Kylie Sapp, who is a um, newly DMer. Haven't heard from her oh, before. Oh, yep. You know yeah. what I mean? Fresh. First time DM yeah. to us. And she said, Pink Panther, tuned all the way till the end. Awesome potty this week. So what a bloody legend. Legend. That's all from me. Wowee. Thanks. Now it's time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week gone by. And last Wednesday, Adelaide United's Joshua Cavallo released a video that sent ripples across the globe. He said, I'm a footballer and I'm gay. He shared a heartfelt and emotional story of his struggles with accepting himself and hiding his identity and his hopes in sharing who he is. He can show others who identify as LGBTQ plus that they are welcome in in the football community. While a statement like that feels like it shouldn't be so huge in 2021, in the soccer world, and dare we say the world of men's sport, it certainly is. In coming out, Cavallo becomes the only footballer out and actively playing, not only in Australia, but around the world. Since the release of the video and accompanying statement, it's received over 10 million views on social media. And that number was from Friday past, so it's probably even higher than that now. And supporting comments and love from the likes of Lil Nas X and Ricky Martin. Oh, yeah. To Aussie soccer royalty like Tim Cahill and Sam Kerr and a whole bunch of soccer clubs, institutions and leadership across the world. For starters, girls, how did you feel watching this unfold? Um, I felt like it was such a – it was a beautiful story. I actually really enjoyed watching it all unfold and especially I think the first I saw of it before like we kind of shared it with each other was actually other people on my social mm. media sharing it and I think that's what made me most happy because I was like, yes, like we're at a point where people are just happy in this sense and I, th- I think when actually reflecting on it, especially in regards to having this chat today, what a – weight to hold on your shoulders like that knowing that you're probably the first um, man to come out openly gay and still be playing soccer that would have been I, I can't even imagine yeah. what that would have been like it would have been out of this world so I mean what a guy um yeah I feel proud that he's an Aussie yeah absolutely what yeah. about you G it's obviously such a beautiful story and it feels like not that long ago that we were talking about Carl Nassib Nassib in the NFL who came out yeah. uh, earlier this year and yeah. a really similar story. I um, Like you said, Kiel's such a massive weight and we touched on this when we were talking about what's going on in women's football at the moment and how whether or not that is what you want, being the first in a sport like this to make such a statement and make such a uh, big change, you become the spearhead for the movement. So I think... On top of coming out in a world that isn't probably as far along as we should be in terms of that community, also just difficult in general being the first. So I think so brave from him and just awesome. I think my favourite part I saw um, Uninterrupted, which is LeBron James's The Barber, his sports sort of movement collective, shared it. And I think sometimes we feel like Americans aren't watching us and we see so much of what's going on in their sport and their social orbit. And it was just sort of nice to see such a big publication with such well-known athletes getting around like 
little old Aussie us doing good things if that makes and not us but Josh you know what I mean I I just got excited when I saw platforms like that sharing it as a good news story absolutely and I think good news story is the perfect description for it because so often and I think even you know 10 15 years ago this wouldn't have been the way that it played out Um, it felt so overwhelmingly about love and support and wrapping ourselves around him um, as the first person to to do this and really it let it be opening that door for others like him a few people rightly pointed out the fact that while it is a massive step for people from that community in the men's component of the sport the women's component is certainly a lot further ahead. We think about the biggest female soccer players in the world and they're people like Megan Rapinoe and Sam Kerr who are two openly proud queer women Um, and it just feels like you look at the top sides in in the women's part of the sport across the world and you're pretty hard-pressed to find people who um, aren't from that community. So it's really interesting. I think on that as well, it actually comes from a grassroots level. Yeah. Like when you're playing – um, I've played with openly gay women in touch footy, in soccer, and it's just not like a really a big deal. Everyone's just like, yeah, cool. Like we're teammates. It's just irrelevant. So I think um, the, maybe the difference, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the difference could be that at the grassroots level for boys and young men, and that's not the same I don't, from what I know. In terms of the expectations. Yeah. yeah. The expectation and also the stereotype that – yeah. So, you know, like that – and let me reiterate, stereotype mm. – that gay females are sporty and that gay men aren't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 100%. So I think if you are a gay child – playing into that stereotype and living in that world as a boy, you might not feel like that's your place yeah. and therefore you don't grow up playing sport and therefore you don't become a professional athlete. If that's that, so like, true. And, yeah, massive stereotype, obviously, and I know that we're moving away from that and that's great. But sort of our generation, I feel like I'm hoping, are sort of the last to be in that kind yeah. of category. And of I things. think he actually touched on that, Josh did, mm. saying that he kind of felt, that I don't know if I belong because I am gay and I'm playing uh, football, but yeah. saying like, no, this is a space where it doesn't matter. I can be accepted for both, of you know. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because there's a lot of research that backs up exactly what we're saying around how um, if men are gay or they don't feel as comfortable being in or they don't feel like they belong or should be there in in a high-level sporting field. Um, Ryan Storr, who's a researcher at Swinburne University and co-founder of a non-profit called Proud to Play, which helps to promote people from the LGBT plus um, community to be included in sports, said that the major barrier for gay men coming out uh, was the hyper-masculine nature of men's team sports. So it is absolutely, um, you know, got to do with what we're talking about it's breaking down and when you think about it like it it makes sense because of the society that we're living in and how often do we talk about like locker room culture and all (laughs) those sorts of things I have a really good friend who was playing at an elite level for a really long time and sort of came through the age group in league with you know your Harry Grants and Brandon Smiths of the world and grappled with that for a really long time Mm. and after he did come out his friends were very supportive but it's there's still a level of discomfort in the yeah. locker room for him and like that is something that he had to deal with and not just within himself but trying to be mindful of other men in the space and mm. yeah, just a tricky field to navigate. Yeah, I think there's also another u- unique part of this story where 
the women's sport is much further ahead on this issue than the men's. Like we don't often get that. Yeah. And it is, it's cool, but it also, you're right, Keely, and it, it goes back to that grassroots level and the expectations of a, of a gay woman versus a gay man. Yeah. So, and I no, think if we, sorry no, to no. interrupt you, but it, it, that also go back goes back to that hyper masculinity thing yeah. of the expectation being that a you like know, when you're a baby boys like blue girls like pink yeah but when it, it comes to gay women there is also a stereotype around gay women being masculine yeah it's actually so not, not even <laughs> what that is about like sexuality yeah. so different to gender I wasn't saying that either when I no 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 that. I don't I don't think you were yeah. but I just think that that's that's so yeah. intertwined with that and it needs to be and yeah you probably yeah. We don't even notice that, but subconsciously, yeah. that's probably what people think. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's a pretty amazing kind of conversation starter around this. And um, I I think I won't be surprised in, if in the next couple of years we see, um, you know, more of the firsts in those, the other codes, other footy codes in your NRL. Well, it wouldn't be um, necessarily the first in NRL because Ian Roberts was out when he was playing, wasn't he? Uh, I think we established that. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not, don't quote me. I don't think I super it was, publicly, but I thought they it was knew after. when he was playing. Oh, I, think okay. I think of teammates and that sort of stuff. But, you know, someone who's going to come out and make a big statement like this, I think would still be groundbreaking in, in your NRL, your AFL. Yeah. Um, you know, I think cricket, um, anything. I mean, it's kind of exciting. Like, I know we have so far to go, but this is a really good place to be. Absolutely. It's still a great place. And wouldn't it be nice? to get to a point where we actually don't need someone yeah. to come out or not come out yeah. or whatever. It's just like, oh, this is my boyfriend, this is my girlfriend. You, you can't wait till the point that it's not something that it's makes a, a headline. Thing. Yeah. It doesn't make a headline. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we saw the first of its kind in the NRL and in Australian sport at that when Brandon Smith, a.k.a. The Hectic <laughs> Jam Chiefs signed a deal to become YKTR Sports first ever athlete ambassador. He has taken a deal with them spanning no particular time period and paying half or to a degree in cryptocurrency rather than. Oh, oh. What an <laughs> Wait, I can't hear you. To paint a fisher for you, Brandon is. Sitting on the beach uh, with a music festival behind him, he has never looked more relaxed in his entire life. He's showing us the view. It's <laughs> just stunning. <laughs> Whereabouts in Queensland are you, my friend? I'm in Townsville. I'm just sitting in between two rocks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely get some video up for the listeners because it's just, it's a beautiful scene to be witnessing. Um, Brandon, we want to chat to you today about your groundbreaking deal with YKTR. Can you start by telling us how that came about? Well, like, it sort of came out because obviously after I got in all that trouble, um, I lost a lot of my sponsorships and, um, yeah, Ice just reached out to me because we're in a lot of group chats together. We do, like, our, we collect sports cards together and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, we just got a lot of group chats um, on WhatsApp and he messaged me out of the blue one time and said... Uh, you know, how are you going? And, and, like, was checking if I was all right. And then he sort of just said, like, oh, what happened with, um, like, your sponsorships? And I told him. And then, um, yeah, he just offered me a contract on the spot. And I was like, holy oh shit. Gosh. And obviously with ICE, like, we have a lot of things in common. And, um, like, obviously collecting cryptos is one of them, not just sports cards. We're not just total <laughs> losers. But, um, yeah, and, and, like, he said he would pay me in Ethereum and stuff like that. So... I was just so excited. As soon as he sent it, it couldn't have come at a better time as well. I was like, 
been in the dumps, so I was pretty depressed for a little bit. But um, he sent that and it kind of chirped me up a bit. And uh, the rest is history. He actually won me the first four today, the YKTR group chat on the Melbourne Cup, so I was pretty stoked. That's what I was going to say. My next question, and we should have started with this, is that one of these many group chats is a punting group, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, how did you go on the Cup today? Yeah, well, I only been on the Cup today, and um, yeah, the, the, the scope, the mad punting scope, scope's podcast or whatever you, scope's punting club, he um, sent in a little first four for the Melbourne Cup, and um, I put it on and I won like 1500 bucks. I was stoked. Oh, holy shit. And then uh, I messaged Ice. I said, thank you. I just won like 1500 bucks. And he said, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, bro, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> We love to hear it. So talk to us a bit more about the crypto thing. As far as we're concerned, this is a deal that's the first of its kind in Australian sport. Yeah. Um, so... How is this a half-half situation? How did this come about? What What is the time frame on this? And also, what if this particular crypto doesn't come through? Oh, well, that's the gamble I'm willing to take. I mean, everyone does enough due diligence to, like, you know, search it up and um, go through it all. So um, it's something I'm confident about. And a lot of people I talk to are a lot smarter than me. They're very confident about it. And it's not that hard to be smarter than me. But, um yeah, like, it's awesome because, like, one of the things that I liked about it is that I get to be YKTR's first athlete. And it's, like, something that, you know, I can tell my children, I guess. If I ever have one, I don't really want to. <laughs> my children? Like, what, pretend fake I've been children? I've with my niece and nephew uh, for a little bit now in Brisbane, and it's like a human contraception, so... Uh, <laughs> so no kids from cheese anytime. No, no baby, maybe baby Anyways, cheese anytime soon. I love children. I'll see them back. <laughs> no, um, no, Can back confirm. He's like, great with children. People. Yeah. Like, if I was to say NFT to a lot of people, like, no one would have a clue what I'm talking about. And, and that's why I think working with Scope and working with um, Ice, Ice more so Scope, it's like, it's such a breath of fresh air because, like, I talk about crypto. Hey, <laughs> I talk about crypto and I talk about um, NFT them and, like, they get what I'm talking about and, I can really, you know, relate to those sort of people. Like sometimes people just look at me like I'm an idiot when I talk about it, but um, with them it's awesome and I'm just super stoked that I get to, you know, be a part of like a sick brand. Like everyone knows who YKTR is in the um, in the league scene. So, um, yeah, they've got, a, they've got a few more athletes they're willing to sign and um, I don't want to spread any rumours, but, yeah, there's a big athlete about to get signed as well, so stay tuned. So exciting, and thanks for the exclusive. Do you think that we're heading in a direction where brands like YKTR and maybe even your more traditional ones are looking to sign the person rather than the athlete? We know they do so much work around lifestyle and athletes being humans and all that sort of stuff, which, as you said, is sort of how this deal came about. Do you think we're headed in that direction? Or are you just excited to be... Well, I guess I think with them, like... Like, they, they're signing people not because they're, like, goody good two-chews or anything like that, or they're, like, the ultimate athlete. I think they're signing people that um, they're good friends with and that they think are, are funny, marketable people. And Is he calling himself funny? Because they're, they're all footy players and they've all had their indiscretions. You know, you've got Chico, you've got Normie, and they've all been in trouble themselves. And, um, you know, being able to sign with someone like that with, you know, I guess they know what I'm talking about and they know how I felt when I you know, went through all that trouble and, um, yeah, it's just been, a, like I said, a breath of fresh air being able to, you know, relate with them and 
um, I'm just really happy that, you know, he reached out and I'm stoked as I sort of feel like I owe him, you know, a little bit, but no, I'm, I'm really happy. And ever since I've signed the deal, I've been real happy about everything. And it's had a lot of exposure and a lot of people, um, you know, start asking me about cryptos and um, it's good because I actually have enough info to tell people. So um, reaching out to the world is, is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm just going to relay a message from Kiel's here. She was just clarifying, was that you making yourself, declaring yourself funny or? I'm funny. (laughs) (laughs) No, we'll give you that one. Yeah, for sure. That was one of the things we had written down. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you do. You look great. Um, you talk about them being such a relatable crew and people that you were friends with well before you signed this deal. What is it like in terms of work and play balance, working with your mates and a crew like that? Yeah, I guess so. Like, I think it's super easy with him. Like, with Ice, he's so easy to deal with and I know how smart he is and he hasn't really, like, put any restrictions on me. Like, he said, like, oh, you can tag people and do all that. Like, there's no problem and I can wear any boots I want. Like, it's... It's not like, oh, you have to wear a certain thing and you don't have to follow heaps of rules. So it's like, it's almost perfect. Like, I don't know how to explain it. And, like, apparently player managers have been contacting him and stuff like that because they want to do stuff like that and um, they want to be a part of it. So it's just been, uh, it's been perfect. Like, honestly, like, everything has, has just worked out perfectly. I've been, I talk to him all the time. Like, he rang me the other day. It's not like I'm going to ring the Adidas boss or the Nike boss and talk to him about cryptos for, like, 45 minutes. But with Ice, I can he rang me up the other day and we just had this massive conversation about, you know, all things life and cryptos. And I think working with someone like that and just being able to have fun and, and like, he doesn't seem like a boss. He seems like a friend. And, um, like, yeah, I, just, I don't know how to explain it. It's, like, it's perfect for me and it's perfect for how I live and, um, it's just been awesome, and the and the brand's sick as well. Like, I'm gonna get mad clothes on that. <laughs> you'll, you'll probably steal them all. Yeah, I will. <laughs> um, like you mentioned as well, I am, it doesn't surprise me that other player managers are reaching out because there is an element of protection of the athlete in a deal like this. Like you said, there aren't so many limitations around what you can and can't do and when you can and can't be seen to do. Um, yeah. I suppose the best example of that is how it came around in the first place. You mentioned losing a few sponsors. So it would go a fair way in terms of protecting the human at the centre of the deal when it's not so restrictive. Yeah, well, I'm just, like, for me, it was just perfect for him to reach out because we've been talking to each other for so many years and um, we've had a good relationship with each other and um, obviously after that stuff went down, a lot of people didn't message me that I thought might message me and a lot of people messaged me that I didn't think would message me and um, Ice was one of them, so um, full credit to him. Uh, I really appreciate, like, what those boys have been been for me and um it's something that this kind of this deal is not just you know just a a deal with a brand it's you know it's deal with a person that um looked after me when i was going through a hard time yeah absolutely do you have any goals that you and ice have sort of laid out or anything that you want to achieve in your time with the brand yeah well there's a whole lot of shit that he's got planned that's why his brain is it must be going awol because he just constantly sends me through like um, ideas that he's got and they're all great ideas but I can't really let them release because it's like exclusive and that. <laughs> but, 
We'll let you off this time. Oh, give it a rest. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's it's exciting. I'm, like every time he comes up with an idea, I get like super excited excited about it, and like I just want to go and do it straight away. But it's a patience thing, and um, yeah, just expect big things. Yeah, for sure. I think you're tone here and even uh we were speaking the other day yeah, that might had... be the alcohol talk <laughs> <laughs> mr consistent thank you for your espresso martinis uh but even the other day oh. when you're on your way to the first official photo shoot with them you were just so excited about the deal and what's happening with this so i think it's awesome just to see and you I'm so in the photos too. you'd look great <laughs> <laughs> um but it's just awesome to see you feel so good about a deal and so aligned with the brand and um comfortable moving forward with that Far out, what a laugh to have Brandon back. It feels like it's been a while since we've had him on um, and well long, worth it. Too long yeah. between drinks. <laughs> Way too long. And um, to get a bit more serious about the deal, I, th- I think it's really interesting to hear him talk about, you know, one, how it came about and be quite honest about that and also about being realistic around players as human beings, which is something we've spoken about the entire life of this podcast and how sometimes there are expectations there that maybe don't match the reality of a 20-something-year-old professional. So I I find that really interesting and also like just not surprising in the slightest that this is the brainchild of someone like Ice who we've had on the show. If you haven't listened to our halftime huddle with him, highly recommend going back and listening to that. Um, There's so many like pearls of wisdom and kind of insight into how his brain works which aligns with what Brandon's talking about here so I I found that really interesting what about you guys yeah I thought it was actually um really cool because I don't I don't know much about crypto and I can't it kind of scares me so I'm just like (laughs) don't really want to like dive into it and I have a few mates who um do invest and um yeah so I think it was just cool to hear him chat about that and I I know we've spoken about it before probably off air but um ICE and the YKT uh, boys are they're ahead of the game, they're big brains and they've got exciting ideas and I, I think it's a really positive thing and I love the idea of, like we always talk about, the athlete being a human and being themselves before they're the athlete. So having a personal brand and, and thing like this. And I like just also the fact that he doesn't have those rules about the boots and stuff, yeah. I think that's really interesting. I think that's a good thing. But, yeah, I'm excited to see, well, I mean, all the exclusive things he was talking about, excited to see where it's going. Same. Yeah, for sure. I think we spoke on this. If you haven't listened to one of our really early episodes, which is just a full ep with Brandon, go do it. But he's, <laughs> I touched on there how he is obviously the larrikin and such a life of the party dude, but the idea that he would spend 45 minutes a day on the phone to ice about crypto isn't surprising in the slightest to people who know him because in those areas he is the ultimate professional in wanting to learn and wanting to better himself. He's always learning and reading about something new, which is why this deal sort of didn't surprise me because, of course, he would want to try something different and do something that he is so interested in and invested in and want to learn more about, whereas now he's like, you know, I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I always want to be speaking to the smartest person in the room. And that, Mm. I think, just sums him up. And, yeah, he like I had a conversation with him like we touched on when he was on his way to sort of sign the deal and do the first launch photo shoot for that. And it was a pretty tough few weeks there and he was just so excited for this new opportunity. So I think it is just exciting and a cool turn in the way that that sort of sports marketing world works. It'll be very interesting to see what comes of it. Yeah, I think a lot of um, a lot of other brands and stuff will turn to that kind of 
space, which is exciting. For sure. If you're another athlete like Brandon who is sort of known to be that larrikin, you would be looking at that being like, oh, that's what I want to do. Give me some of that. Yeah, Yeah, give me – and, like, I don't want to feel like I'm being watched all the time and that sort of stuff, like, you Mm. know, living within bounds of different contracts. So I think it's awesome. And to wrap up around the grounds, over the weekend it was Halloween. Um, I don't know if you guys get around it too much, but spooky season seems to be something that a lot of people love. And we got to see a lot of our favourite athletes on the world stage dress up and go hard at it. We're going to wrap up our favourite looks, but before we do, girls, did either of you get into trick-or-treating growing up? I'm looking at Kelly because I'm like, yeah, I know that we did. Um, <laughs> or what from your childhood up to now has been your favourite costume you've ever worn around Halloween? Oh, I um, love Halloween, have forever. Loved trick-or-treating, always lots of planning went into my outfits and what I was going to wear and who was coming and where are we going to trick-or-treat and all that fun stuff and Halloween parties and whatnot as we got older. Um, so love it. My future children will be doing it. We will be a spooky house um, with lots of decorations. Yeah. My fave Halloween costume, oh, I've got two. Go on then. Okay. Three kind of. First one, but pre being 18, so not going out, um, I was Spider-Man, which was hectic, Spider-Woman. I was in a full kit, which was um, super fun. And then the other ones – were when I was 18. I think actually, actually I think it was the first year I was 18. And, you know, nightclubs have Halloween-themed nights out and whatever. And I, um, I enjoy art and enjoy painting and I'm okay at it. And so I face-painted both nights that I went out the Friday and the Saturday and I'm still proud of that face paint. It was re- <laughs> it was a very good face paint. I was going to say that if you didn't put it in. Oh. It was very, very good. Um, I yeah. did a um, spider web. Yes. On my eyes. Yes. And then I did half of like a ghostly a, yeah, kind of skull kind of eyes. Yeah. yeah. What about you, G Moore? Did you get around Halloween growing up? Not really when we were little, little, because mum was always like, man, it's such an Americanized holiday. Which, uh, to those people, what is wrong with having fun and dressing up for one day of a year? And say, no matter how commercial it is. It's also it's originally Irish. from Ireland. So it's not even American. That's what I always say to people who say it. <laughs> there you, there go. you go. I didn't even know that. Yeah. But I, yeah, America just do it so excessively. Yeah. Yes. Anyhow, not as a little kid, but once we got old enough to sort of start like having parties and going with school friends and stuff, we always did. I was never like, I'm going to be honest, we went as like the school girl with blood on her face and stuff. Like, <laughs> I was never particularly creative, but I, um, I do love it. And we had kids in our street this year. Trick oh, that's really nice. fun. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, we were really lucky growing up because one of um, – a good mate of mine at, in primary school was American and uh, his parents were massive into it and they had the maddest parties and like would have these hands like coming out of their front yard looking like zombies coming up and like blood spurting everywhere and it was made a big deal. I think that's why we got into it so much as kids. Um, but anyway, enough about us. They do do it really well in the States and it does seem like a proper holiday, like something that is huge and exciting to get around. And we saw some pretty incredible costumes from um, the big guns in the NBA and NFL and that sort of stuff. Who was everyone's favourite? Um, I've got a few. I've screenshotted a few. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could be on the same page here, but King James absolutely killed it. He did. I actually enjoyed um, a lot of the NBA's efforts because there was a lot of um, face painting, which obviously I love, and um, like actual like special effects 
perfect kind of the latex that they put on their face and how much effort goes into it. And yeah, they've obviously got like makeup artists and stuff, which is sick. But I also screenshotted other few, which I'll quickly go through. Um, one from our post, Rachel Benham from the WNBA uh, went as um, bloody, what's her name? Uh, Keely, come on. Finding Nemo. Yeah, the girl, and the she's little like, girl in Finding Nemo. Come on, da- Darla. Darla. Yeah, Darla. She's like, Fishy, why are you sleeping? Yeah, hilarious and nailed it. From the NFL, KJ Osborne was in like a full Joker outfit, looked sick. And then also from the NHL, the Hockey League, Bellamar from the TV Lightning. His whole family went um, as Harry Potter characters, Beautiful. which they nailed. And there's two young kids in it, so it's really cute. And then Matt Martin from the New York Islanders, um, his family totally nailed the Tune Squad from uh, Space Jam, except the best part was that they dressed their dog up um, as Taz, 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 Tasmanian Devil. Love so it. very cute. G Moore. I um, am such a fan of entire family costumes. Love them. Yeah. So um, from our post, Coco Gruff, who went oh. as Scarlet Witch from Marvel Cinematic Universe. Stunning. Uh, but my all-time favourite and surprising nobody here was Steph Curry when he did the photo shoot with Aisha and they went as Mr. and Mrs. Smith in, like, the aftermath after they have the big fight in their house and they're just, like, in their underwear in the front in front of a blown-up house behind them. Beautiful. If you haven't seen the movie, this would be very confusing to you. But if you have... Greatest ever. And they did like a side-to-side photo with Angelina and Brad and then themselves on their Instagram. And I'm like, oh, can do no wrong. The curries can do no wrong. Molly, <laughs> <laughs> tell us about your favourites. I can see you pulling your notebook out. Oh, no. Well, yeah, okay. I, I have notes always, guys. <laughs> um, I really loved all the in the NFL because it was um, game day Sunday for a, a few of the teams uh, them rocking up before the game in costume yeah First that's of all, commitment yeah um, second of all it was really cool to kind of see the different progressions as the teams arrived and I think that the um, Cleveland Browns did a really good job OBJ I think I've spoken about him before I'm a massive fan of him he came in a full Michael Jackson thriller kit oh amazing um obviously he wasn't gonna have the makeup and all that sort of stuff because he had to go and play bloody football and then a couple of the other players came as the I don't know if you guys remember when these guys were huge the Jabberwockies they were a massive dance group yes 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 yes, yes. they wore the masks they're sick. they were you look them up so on YouTube good. they're so we cool. saw them on the um what what is it Anyway. Doesn't matter, but yeah, they they came um, as that whole dance crew, and that was a bit of a throwback. But it was just really cool, and I, it kind of made me think. Oh, we got to. I know again, we've spoken about this before, but I just want to see people dressed up at our games, yeah, you know, in many different codes, showing up dressed up for different things. You know, we have lots of charity days in AFL and NRL, and it would be cool to see that. Yeah, I love dressing up. Some yeah. people think it's lame. I live for a dress up. Same. It's my favorite. <laughs> You the real MVP. Now we come to a segment that we call MVPs, where each week we award someone or something our own personal MVP title for something that they've done. And I'm going to start. Okay? Cool. So on Saturday night, I mentioned this right at the beginning of the show. I had a good story. Oh, I know this story. Yeah. Yeah, cool. It's very cool. Yeah, right? it's cool. Yeah. I am at Pav. Been there for a few hours, having a grand old time. Um, a friend of mine is going to the bar and the reason I got up to go with him was because 
there was another guy who'd come over and crouched beside me and had his hand on my leg and wouldn't leave me alone. He was such a creep. And I was like, this is what I didn't miss about going out. And I was like, help me, and went to the bar with him. Anyway, it all was meant to be, right? Because I'm standing in the line for the bar. We're about to pick up our drinks and there's a guy standing next to me and his friend made a joke or or said something and it made me turn and look at them and the guy did a double take at me and he said, God, you look really familiar. And I was like, oh, really? He didn't look familiar to me at all. And I said, what's your name? And he said, oh, my name's Marley. And I was like, wait, you know, no, no, my name's Marley. Like, oh, so you know me. Like, how do I know you? And he's like, no, my name's Marley. And I was like, no, it's not. My name's Marley. And he goes, get lost. (laughs) And I was like, no, are you serious? Like, is this really happening right now? And we both pulled up our licenses on our phones and he was M-A-R-L-E-Y and I was M-A-R-L-E, obviously. And <laughs> we were like, what? How did that happen? That's did- so weird. We're dead set just like going, oh, my God, I can't believe this has never happened to me. And he was like, this has never happened to me. And we were hugging and he called his friends over and they took a photo of us together. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, saw each other the rest of the night and like kept walking past each other, like high-fiving and be like, hope you're having a good night. Miles and like all this stuff it was so funny and we like followed each other on Instagram and now we're friends yeah Molly's good it was it was amazing I'm sure (laughs) this has happened to you Georgia you've met lots of Georgias in your life Keely you have multiple Keely friends yeah not like a boy I was just gonna say I didn't realize the name Marley was that rare like obviously I know it's not a common name but I know what it is that rare that it's it's not it's not that rare it doesn't it feels not rare because of younger generations. There's heaps of younger Marlies, but not my age not or yet. like our like age that. group. So, and I was, it was just exciting. I only we have, had a great time. I only have one Geely friend. Uh, I, the Georges are endless. Like yeah. they're everywhere. It's yeah. not even funny. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, mind you, one of your other best mates is also named Marley, who's a boy. Keely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, so I'm like, yeah, it's not but it was just, no that's just like uncanny it was just so uncanny for him to say that i looked familiar and it was just like crazy, crazy yeah that's stuff. weird he's from byron bay like he'd never Wild. met me ever it, it was oh, just we're getting out with him in news but he just like completely it was a marley friend marley yeah it's weird connection yeah I like anyway it. he was my mvp yeah fair play on go on kills Ah, uh, my MVP, I couldn't say this when we're having the Halloween chat because um, it was specific for MVP. Mm-hmm. So my MVP is um, a Halloween costume. It is from Miles Garrett, who is a defensive end player for the Cleveland Browns. So when you said Cleveland oh, Browns, I was like, oh, yes, makes sense, they, right? They did a great job. Um, and he was the Grim Reaper. And on the back of his cloak, he had all the names of all the quarterbacks that he sacked. Right, And so sacking in NFL is when you tackle the quarterback before they throw the ball. So they've got the ball and you tackle them. That's like out of the scrimmage line. Yeah. Hilarious. Brilliant. And like, sorry, not sorry. Block your ears, kids. Big dick energy. Yep. BDA. Yep. Not mad about it. Yep. That's like, what more do you want? Yep. Love it. Yep. MVP. Georgia Moore. My MVP feels a bit more zero compared to both of yours, Sorry. but it's Charles Leclerc from the F1. Shock me. He is a Ferrari driver, for those of you who don't know him. And I am giving him my MVP because in an interview with Mission Winnow this week, he was quoted as saying, I would be very happy to see a girl in Formula One and not because she's a girl, but because she's talented enough. I think there are some super talented women that can be in Formula One in the next few years. Wow. And I just thought that 
was so cool. And after I read it, I read the article and I was thinking about it a bit more. It's so true because the physicality of a person doesn't necessarily come into play so the gender argument doesn't really fit when it comes to formula one which i love like the car is the um common denominator in the sport rather than anything else so i think it would be sick to see a sport where women and men were driving in the same league and i just loved that as such a young driver who drives for ferrari who is so old and traditional and well-respected for him to come out and be like, no, no, this can definitely happen and there's definitely enough talented women out there for it to happen really soon. I just really loved that from him. That was like when um, we were talking about, oh, when you showed us that engineering video from Lewis Hamilton, yeah, and I was just like, all I wanted to do when I was younger was be a racing car driver. So hearing that Mm. makes the little Keely and me very happy. Absolutely. (laughs) Now it's time for our final segment of the show, which is our ones to watch, where we recommend what sport event or even a Netflix show that you should be watching for the week ahead. Keely Silver, what is your one to watch? Oh, God. Why are you going to do that for, hey? Why are you going to do that? Keep you on your toes, brother. Yeah, right. My one to watch is an emotional one, but one that I am highly recommending. Um, we have spoken about her on the show previously. Uh, her name is Elodie Pullen partner of Alex Chumpy Pullen, who sadly and tragically passed away last year in an accident. Um, he is a snowboarding champion of Australia. Um, she, Her story has been documented. She uh, actually got his sperm a few days after he passed away, after discussing and things with the family, which is already horrific in such a you know tragic time. Um, and she actually gave birth to their child last week, beautiful little mini. Um, and Shout out to Rum Dog for being just – I can't. She is the, such a beautiful dog and you can tell that she can feel his presence, which yeah. is really nice. But, yeah, there's, they've they've documented her story, their story, um, and, yeah, definitely some tears but um, well worth watch. So that's yeah, I think one. you can watch it on um, 7+. 7 plus. Plus. Yes. 7 plus. I was – I nearly wrote that down before I saw Keely had it. I will say that I sobbed start to finish so watch it when you're in the right headspace for it because it's a super emotional story but it's just phenomenal yeah Mm. what about you g moore what's your one to watch my one is a really old school one and i would be surprised if any of our listeners haven't watched this but i was feeling a bit nostalgic during the week and i watched um the bench warmers oh Oh, classic one of my again the longer this goes on the longer i was about to quote so much movies that we left out of our greatest sporting movies of all time so maybe we have to do a volume two of that but just an iconic movie so funny so feel good i was looking into it um like the actors when i was reading this but the descriptor of the movie is um, it's never too late to live your childhood or to have a oh. fun childhood or something like that. And I'm like, oh, just so fun, super nostalgic. And if you're in the mood for a lighthearted film, bench warmers. You're still out. You're still fat. <laughs> still fat. <laughs> oh, I could actually go all day. Let's not start. <laughs> you thinking about- what about the moon? Yeah. Not so much. No, no. Not a fan. Not a fan. We say not a fan all a the lot, time. Yeah. My one to watch uh, is a bit more on the serious side this time. It is if you have not been around it or seen any sort of conversations that have come out of uh, the T20 World Cup uh, in cricket, 
from the South African team in, in particular, one of their players, Quinton de Kock, actually made headlines when he refused to take a knee in solidarity with Black Lives Matter that the team had um, apparently agreed on. And there's sort of all these conflicting reports and he's backflipped on it and he at first was refused to play a game. It was all pretty bizarre and complex and it feels like we are so far or further along in the conversation about the Black Lives Matter movement that it seemed a bit strange that someone wouldn't be up for it. But I've also now seen pictures of the South African team where some players are kneeling and some aren't. So there's obviously some stuff going on there. But the interesting and um, the, the thing that I wanted to recommend that people should read and, and have a look at is a an op-ed that was done uh, on ABC Sport that I'll link in the show notes. Uh, the title is When Sport, the Personal and the Political Collide, Things Get a Bit Tricky. But it's just an interesting discussion, uh, kind of, again, unpacking that whole sport and politics don't belong together discussion that we've talked about a lot and I think we all disagree with that it is often a, a really important platform to have that conversation. But it was around the discussion of a uh, Zimbabwean commentator who, uh, in talking about this situation, around the cricket said, uh, excuse me for being political because some will say it's political, but I can't shed my skin. So that statement really stuck with me and I think was an important reminder when we do talk about this stuff that people, regardless of what context it's in, people can't change their race, they can't change what they look like um, and that's why it is an important thing to to talk about in every context. So it was a really interesting article um, that I'll link, but yeah, I just – it was an easier way for me to kind of get around the situation of what's going on there in the bigger implications of it um, because I'm not a massive cricket person. Yeah. Basically. Well, all I know is that dad was heaps cut about England winning. Yeah. Like really, on the other, on the other yeah. side, we got flogged by England. And yeah, we're off it. Yeah. We're very off it. Anyway, that, that brings, brings us, us to the end of this show. Thanks for listening to this episode of Chicks and Balls, the podcast. If you are enjoying the show, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating if you're really into it. If you're listening on Spotify, you can hit follow and check out our official Chicks and Balls Pump Up and Country Music playlist. You can also follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod, on TikTok at Chicks and Balls Pod, and on Twitter at Chicks and Balls no pod and other than that I guess um, we'll catch you next time right yeah I might be here yeah yeah, yeah look I'll be here yeah. see you then okay bye see you